Today's show is part two of two of our conversation on liberation versus emancipation. Uh, if you missed last week's conversation, uh, we do think this one still stands on its own. So we hope you enjoy. Thanks very much for listening. I was ready to argue with Seth about the whole special thing because it doesn't really, it, it doesn't give me a lot of space to work. Mm, ego wise vanity wise oh look at me you know it doesn't give me any um air it doesn't have a lot of air it's just static for me and when because i try to listen very closely to people i try to witness the way they're acting versus what they say Mm -hmm. and and all of that comes to and i want to give more concrete examples but i got a feeling that or I have, a, I have a feeling, but also I've seen people do it in terms of changing their lives on the fly when they've needed to, and not because they lost mm-hmm. a leg or a parent or what have you, but they were thinking mm-hmm. about this liberatory pra- uh, pro- uh, project for themselves, and they were moving towards it. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's almost, I don't know how this, I don't, I don't know how this sounds. I'm just going to put it out there. Sometimes I don't even think it matters that you s- succeed at what you're doing. It's just the mm-hmm. effort, right? It's the effort that you're moving towards that thing you think you need to be where you need to be. You know, it's the whole idea of mm-hmm. the road versus the destination. Um, but so I feel like I'm exhausted with people who feel like they're special <laughs> when they're really not that special in my my point of right. view, because I'm like, you know, other people have that. You may have had the access and the ability to do that. But but I guess I'm much more of a cheerleader than, than I give myself credit for because I listen to people and I'm like, you can do that. You can totally do that. You know, and so I think you're can, right about the whole transcending class. I just want to say that the British, I mean, English, mm-hmm. they know this. People die, live and die generally in the class that they were born into. Yeah. In the U.S., can I add, we have the American dream. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I add, and I, I, I'm like, I, I would be curious to see what you and Seth think about this. So one of the things that I think being American, uh, we are very poorly prepared for is failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and one of the things that you have to like actually be okay with if you are going to go your own way is failing. I agree. Because Mm -hmm. most of the time you are going to fail. Yeah. (laughs) And, 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 and most, it is, it is much more difficult to find your place in the world or to reach your goal or destination, which of course it's about the road, but of course it's also about trying to get to Jerusalem. Like it's, of course, that's, of course, there's some piece of that in what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. but you have to satisfy yourself with the road because that may be all you have. Mm. Yeah. And for most of, for most of American history, for 200 years, we have not had to live with failure as, as psychologically, as, as, as a country, what, how we defined ourselves as American. I'm not, I, I'm not saying that there weren't failures in America. No, 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 I know what you mean. Our self, so. our self story. And, and our self story has to incorporate failure at this point. Oh yeah, and yeah. we are bad at it. Like we have no, we don't have a, we don't have a way to talk about uh, this. Please, Seth, jump in. Yeah, that's so, awesome. That's so awesome. yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. and I wanna I wanna buttress that point by by pointing to something that I've uh, produced uh, 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 in writing um, as an art critic for Hypoallergic. I wrote a piece mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. about the mistakes I made as a critic. Uh-huh. And, and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, piece I actually. do too. I loved it. No one else, as far as I know, in the art critics world has written something like that. As far as I know, mm. no one has come mm-hmm. clean and said, here's the ways I've screwed up 
And here's what Mm -hmm. I've learned from screwing up in this way. So to your point, Travis, of Americans almost as a culture, absolutely not having a handle on making mistakes or owning Mm -hmm. up to them. And this has Mm -hmm. everything to do with not just the stories that we tell others about ourselves, but the stories we tell ourselves about Selves. ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like this, and yes. this is why we are Absolutely. in the ditch because we don't even yep. admit that we like most, it, 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 you know, it, it drives me nuts when people in Congress, especially um, the sort of um, overstuffed patriarchal to within an inch of their lives, white men say, you know, we need to hear from small business owners. We need to hear from business owners. You know, <laughs> captains of industry are the ones who will lead this, uh, this nation. Is right here on the line. Right. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yeah. dude, most business owners fail. Most businesses fail. Like, y'all yep. need to talk to the people who are not getting it right and ask them what they learned by that process. Not, you don't need to be talking mm-hmm. to Elon Musk. He's a dick. Talk to the guy who didn't. <laughs> Or or getting it right and failing. Right. Right. And this is the right. Thing. Like you be that that's it's not these things do not always come together. Right. Being right or being like innovative and being successful mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. uh you know, being efficient and being those they just don't always it just doesn't always come together. It just doesn't, you know. Um mm-hmm. I know we've we've reached for this example, you know, William Blake is always my ready at hand example mm-hmm. of this. I mean, William Blake, who, you know, is considered one of the great English poets uh, in our history, was died in total obscurity. He had something like 12 readers or something <laughs> like that. The only reason that he's survived into the present day is because of John Keats. He was recovered by Keats. Mm. And so, like, you aren't going to be better at the thing that you are going to do than William Blake was at the thing that he did. Mm. And it is just by a trick of history that we even know who the fuck he mm. is. I love it. And so, so you don't think you don't think history is littered with those people. Exactly. It's littered. Exactly. Of course it littered is. Littered with them. So I, I want to pull back to something that um Seth was talking about, this idea of failure. So I want to ask you a question, Seth, and that is why did you write the piece? Because I wanted mm. to have a conversation with myself and with people ah. who read me about what I screwed mm. up with on. Like I really wanted mm. to say, okay, Seth, what did, how did you get this wrong? And how mm-hmm. can you sort of foreclose the, the possibility, if you can, of making the same mistake in the future? Okay. Right? Like that's, yeah. I, really wanted to, I really wanted to get at that. So you issued this stuff. Yeah. And so it was, a, it was a conversation you were having publicly with yourself. And with my boss. And with my boss, too, because my boss actually suggested that I revisit a particular um, okay. piece I had written on... Um, Prague had uh, uh, suggested I revisit something I'd written on Cindy Sherman, where basically okay. she had mm-hmm. done some blackface. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think it was the 70s, right? Yeah, yeah, or 60s, late 60s, I think. Okay. Um, you know, she, her thing, her whole art work is about making herself into different figures that are representative of people you see in, 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 in American culture. Um, right. And taking, essentially taking elaborate selfies of her, like adopting these different personas. Okay. And so she did a, uh, mm-hmm. uh, some black people, uh, uh, her version of black people at like a, at like a bus stop or something like that. Anyway, um, 
I said to Harag when he suggested this, you know, you're right. I should talk about how I didn't quite get that right. But let me also talk about all these other things I didn't get right. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. like while I, I, I messed mm-hmm. up uh, attribu- attributing a particular piece to someone uh, at the Jamaica Biennial, how I misread this guy's show at the um, Harlem um, – um, Harlem, um, something art gallery that's, um, associated with, um, Hunter, uh, Hunter, uh, um, Hunter Harlem, East Harlem gallery. Um, okay. it was, it, what I liked about being able to do this was it gave me a chance to really talk to people. I had talk to mm-hmm. people involved in a way that I hadn't been able to originally. Because okay. I because I recognized this mistake, I was like, okay, let me go back and and say to um, to the artist, um, um, what was his name? Was it Justin Aversano? Um, okay, I may be getting his name wrong, um, but I got a chance to talk to him and 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 we visited and we actually exchanged email messages and and I printed uh, part of that correspondence in the piece. Mm-hmm. But basically, he mm-hmm. says, you know, I understand that. Sometimes critics are going to get these these things wrong because they don't have much time to spend with an exhibition. No, they don't have very, time, yes, right. Yes. They don't have time uh-huh. to like really mm-hmm. have a conversation with the artist or really like spend time mm-hmm. in the gallery, and they have to sort of like run and gun. And I said, yeah, you're right. I agreed with him, but I also said it's incumbent on me when I don't understand something fully to take the time to reach out and say, okay, what am mm-hmm. I not, what am I not getting about this? Okay. And and yeah. be prepared and to so, listen to the answer. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And so what happens to a culture of critics that doesn't have the time to evaluate any fucking thing? Oh, ever? you know what happens. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we can all we can all figure, right? We've got this literature <laughs> right. that's ill serves both the audience right. and the artists. Right. 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 I mean that's yeah. one of the implications. Right. I wanted to say this to Seth, and I'm not sure if it was inspired by your piece. I have to go back and look at it, but I wrote a piece called The Failure Failures Project, mm. and it was just all the things I could think of about the things that I failed at mm. in life related mm. to literature, mm. travel, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. I sent it to two friends, and one friend sent me back her Failures Project, and we both laughed, and we had a good time. Another friend cried. Wow. Because he felt like, mm. wow, you wanted to do that? You know, one of them was I wanted to be a singer and a musician, but I just had no, no sweat <laughs> or talent to do either. <laughs> I laugh at it from time to time. And sometimes when I meet actual singers or musicians, I was like, you know, I'll never know what my voice sounds like because I don't have the sweat or the interest yeah. to do it. Right. But the project was freeing for me. Right. Exactly. It was awesome. It felt yeah. good. And it for felt sure. like nothing's off limits. That's what I want. That's what right. I really want. That's my project. Sure. You know, I don't want anything in the in the whole, I mean, the corner over there sparkling and, and influencing what I'm saying now to you. I want to be aware of that. Yeah. I want to be aware of what I consider my shortcomings and failings and so forth. And I want to dust them off and go, are you really what you think you are? Right, for sure. You know, so I love the fact that you did that publicly, Seth, because I rarely hear anyone. I mean, your, your example about the politicians, I thought you were going to go in another way where mm. we see someone say, this thing and then later on they say i didn't say that i said this right. and we're like here is the evidence and they go refuse 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 and i go so you you, you have no moral center you have nothing but it's not right. about moral centers it's just right. about being right right 
And that's corrosive. Well, we we punish we punish our politicians for doing that, though. And we I, do. you know, I I, I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine I can't imagine that Seth was punished for doing what he did. Um, but it's it's also mm-hmm. not something that has. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's a long tail for things like yeah, that. You yeah. know, sometimes you know. So Seth, let's see if like you know, six months from now, you know, if you don't see something else like that, because clearly. You know, having written that piece, you know, it's going to be read by other people mm-hmm. that are, you know, part of your uh, kind of professional and social circle. And so you might get someone else that, you know, those, but those are, you know, not to lift it up too high, but those risks are precisely what moves mm-hmm. uh, the needle Absolutely. on that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, but we, you know, the, the stakes are different, you know, like for our politicians or our, our quote unquote captains of industry mm-hmm. or whatever. Like we don't forgive mistakes. Like we don't, I mean, no. A, we don't, we, in this, in this historical moment, we are very unforgiving of mistakes. People will make a mistake from when they were a kid. Mm-hmm. And apologize for it and still be hung out to dry for it. I mean, we, we have, mm-hmm. s- social media has made us, we're, it's, it's like we're the scolds in, in the Salem witch trials. Like we, we can't accept people's contrition for, for things that have Here's happened. Here's what I think Wait. about that, Travis. I think I know why. Sorry, Seth, I just wanted no, to get this okay. out. One is there seems to be no benefit to apologize. And I think that's the genesis of the non apology, <laughs> you know? Mm. Somewhere, somewhere, somebody mm-hmm, I may have mm-hmm. offended by something I might have done, whatever, right? Because of that inability for the public to do that. And then the second thing was there's no consequence. There's rarely consequences in a way that we think there should be consequences. And we see the equity, I mean, the inequities around race, gender, and so forth. So we, I think we are looking to punish people who do things or have them be accountable. Maybe punishment. It depends on who you are. But at the least, hold people accountable. We see so many people who get away with so much that I think that that energy might be aimed at people. I mean, that kind of mental state about not being able to forgive people. I agree with you. I think that, yeah, and it's, it's, it's partially social media. It's partially cancel culture. But for me, it's more or less the inability. I mean, the, um, the weariness of watching. This is all around mm. um, Derek Chauvin. You know, was he going to be held accountable? He was set, he had his knee on that man's neck for how many minutes, how many people saw him. And I saw a little bit of the trial, but I pretty much didn't because I didn't want to be pained with, oh, you know, um, George Floyd was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. He had something in the system. He had a large heart. He had, I didn't want to be bothered with any of that. It was the accountability mm-hmm. that everybody was holding their breath. Not everybody, but a few people were holding their breath mm-hmm. about because for so long, <laughs> so many people have gotten away with so much, and not just with Black Americans, with women, with queer folk, with even white people. Well, you know, my, white people. So yeah, my yeah, yeah. My my issue with that, I mean, you know, the Chauvin thing is like so. So let's grant all of those things about George Floyd. Mm-hmm. That none of that means he gets to be murdered. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it gives people that thing you like, said earlier about how we can live with homelessness. 
You have to find some way yeah, to rationalize yeah. it, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's and, right. And that's right. I, I'm sorry, Steph. I, it looked like you're about to say something. Yeah, I just want to jump in here, and, and maybe this is this is probably well. There are two things that I want to say that are actually really off topic. Fuck. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, one of them is I, I I want to push back on what Travis uh, said about us not forgiving people because I actually think that's both true and not true. I think if you look Uh-oh. at look okay. at Ted Cruz and how Ted Cruz has screwed up like seriously screwed up in the last few years. I mean, even throwing his own family under the bus, right? And we still- When has Ted Cruz apologized? Never. That, right, that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay, all right. So, all right, what about what- Like the people that should be apologizing don't. Okay, <laughs> right. Okay, all right. Do you, remember, do you remember the woman who made the joke about flying to Africa? She said, going to Africa, oh, yeah. hope, I, uh, hope I don't uh, get AIDS. Yeah. Just hope I don't get AIDS. Just she landed. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, I'm white. And she was fired before she landed, right. Yes. Um, do yeah. you remember her name? I, do right. I don't either. But I do right. know Justine yeah. Sacco. She, we did actually forgive her. She did apologize. It took years, but who, like, who knows her name now? Like, so my point is that, again, over mm. time, I think that who is it forgiveness or her? apathy or a lack of memory? You know, the- she just forgot her, forgot, forgive, mm, or not the okay, same. Okay, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Definitely. I forgot. I wanted something else, Travis. I mean, um, Seth and Travis. I don't have time for this woman who went to South yeah. Africa. I don't want to get right, right. You know, there are other <laughs> things going on in the ether. I mean, in the um, the media. But I hear what you're saying, Seth. Seth, yeah. do you have another example of the forgiveness thing? Because mm. I'm still going through the files and I can't think of anyone. Well, I, 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 maybe, well, maybe Travis's point is a good one. I mean, I have to think about it some more, but maybe, maybe we don't forgive. Maybe it is more about forgetting because it feels like there, we trip into another outrage every other week. Yeah. Like, me other, the second. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. there just, there's just so many things to be outraged by. But, and, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and here's the other thing that's, that's slightly off topic that I wanted to get at, which I was thinking about earlier when we talked about sort of the spark that is in us, right? The Buddha that is in us, the, the, mm-hmm. the, um, <laughs> the Jesus that is in us. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. Those people, and, and you, you, I'm saying this more for the benefit of the audience because I know that, um, both of you are really conversant with these histories. People who call themselves Christians, who would go to fellowship with their brethren every Sunday like clockwork and sometimes prayer meetings in the middle of the week were happy, happy to be there when black men were lynched, were hung from trees. They would have cake and sweet tea and talk charmingly to each other when these men's dicks and testicles were cut off and stuffed in their mouths and then they were hung from trees. Mm -hmm. And they all had a little Christ in them, supposedly. So mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is this is my point. Like, just because we entertain the fiction that there is a spark of something divine in us doesn't mean that that's necessarily going to constrain our actions. Ever. No, it, sure. John Stuart Mill ha- had a had a great read on this, where he's basically said that the more irrational a belief is, the more. Um, uh, unamenable it is to uh, 
argument or counterexample because we believe that the th- the irrational thing we believe becomes more and more secret and more and more special uh-huh. as we as uh-huh. as counterexamples are mounted against it so you you have to believe very deeply in the Jesus inside of you when you're watching another human have their testicles fed to them mm-hmm. Like it's got, it's got it. You got to move to some other plane. Yeah. Because you can't, you got to move. You got to be white at that Mm -hmm. point. Like, look, we are, I mean, this, you know, we are white. And I mean, you know, all, yeah, all caps. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just Mm -hmm. you can't live. You cannot process that. Mm Um, and so, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm with you on that, that one all the way, Seth. So, Mm. yeah. Jeez. On that note, <laughs> yeah, right? Stephen, were you about to say? Steve, were you about to say something though? Is when I was said when I said the mill thing, you were about to jump something. No, I, I don't think. Before. I mean, we can wrap up, but you no, can. I, I mean, we can if wrap you, up you because say I think I piece. was just thinking about wanting to take some time out to think about who we have forgiven. You know, I think that's an interesting um, topic to pursue, and then how they were forgiven. What yeah. was the context? Was social media a thing at the time? You know, that kind of thing. Because yeah, let's talk about forgiveness. What I'm, it looks I'm, that's like. great. Yeah. What does forgiveness really yeah. look like for a public figure? You know. Mm. So yeah, that's why it was. Yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. great. That sounds but great. I want I do want to say this though: the people who were children of those people underneath those trees, eating mm-hmm. cake, drinking sweet tea while black men's bodies hung above them from trees, mm-hmm. the children who managed to get outside of that ideology to tell themselves another story about how to be in the world they too are engaged in liberatory practices right they are i think so yeah precisely is uh, should be the model for us right so i think this is part of our even my i should say my i'll own it my Mm -hmm. nearsightedness like when i talk about people who are engaged in liberation struggle. I don't think about the white supremacist who Mm -hmm. father was Byron Dealer Beckwith, and he decided not to be a white supremacist anymore. Like he threw himself fully into the work Uh of being, um, being someone who could see the humanity in everyone. Like that Mm -hmm. should be just as much, a model for liberatory work than anybody else. And I, and I, and I think Catherine, yeah. yeah, Catherine Lumpkin Dupree has a book about Mm. this where she talks about like, um, um, when she went to boarding school in the North and like how she knew this secret thing about black people that none of these people in the North seem to know. And she, you know, she, she calls out there was racism in the North. And so this is yeah. in the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, but that like, just that it was this secret knowledge that people in the South shared in this secret knowledge about the truths about whites and blacks and stuff like that. And the book is essentially about like her, you know, her sort of like pulling herself up by her bootstraps mm-hmm. out of this like bullshit ideology yeah. when no one else around her, uh, could see what she saw, uh, about the hypocrisy of it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a, it's a useful ad, Seth. I mean, it's true. It is all the same. It's, it's, I mean, if we think that we have moved from those people under the tea, under the tree with the sweet tea and the right. cake, we are absolutely Bat shit out of our minds. Yeah. 
If you think that that could, and I don't just mean like, I mean on both sides. I mean, I'm definitely, we, there is a tremendous amount of vitriol on the progressive side for anyone that does not, I mean, the rhetoric that you see on social for media sure. around this stuff. You have people happy that people have died of COVID because of their, uh, because they don't, uh, believe in, you know, sort of the idea of masks or even vaccines. Like, mm-hmm. who the fuck cares if you don't believe in vaccine? Like, you should not be celebrating other people's death. Mm-hmm. Like, that is. Yeah, trip, that's a mean culture. But you're right. I think it, I won't say all sides. I'll say, I'll say all sides rather than both sides. Because right. I think uh, okay, I'll just say, the context. I, I appreciate yeah, yeah, that correction. Sure. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that. And I that. also want to add to the liberation struggle, folks who identify, who um, come out queer, women who lead trans, situations that are sure. trans folks, absolutely people who ha- dare to be themselves. That's right. I put it there, mm-hmm. right? That's right. And to move mm-hmm. away from an oppressive system, a person, a job, or what have you. I give that. I think those liberatory struggles don't get as much space Agreed. as they should as well. For sure. So, yeah. Agree. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, for sure. That's and actually, true. That's that true. is, I think that's the sort of bleeding edge right now of the culture wars is right around trans lives because people who mm-hmm. are trans are exactly taking up that burden of the self and saying, okay, despite all these kinds of codes of signification and these ways of mm-hmm. identifying that I'm supposed to adopt, like... Mm-hmm. I actually, if I'm going to be true to myself, I need to live in these and these ways. And that is some shit that some people are just not prepared to hear. Are you kidding me? They, they will okay. find whatever reason okay. and they will okay. not look at themselves about mm. the whys of it. They're looking at someone else going, how dare you make mm-hmm. me feel uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I actually would, let's have a more, a more involved conversation about that because I don't know that I fully agree with you guys on on the prevalence of that idea within the cultures that within the subcultures that you're talking about. Mm. So I do not think amongst progressives, it is super bleeding edge to be trans. Mm. I just don't. And I'll say this. It might be bleeding edge. Subcultures are simply cultures. Just want to say that. Uh, oh, oh yeah. No, no. I, so this, I don't think you're, I don't think you're doing what I mean. I know what you mean, but I actually like to, I like to, so earlier on when we first started out with this, yes, I am not after you. I'm trying to be more precise <laughs> in my thinking and language. I That's know you are. Yes. I know. So I just want to say that. Yeah, yeah. I know you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. I know that. So, and I meant that in a more good nature. I mean, but you, they're nested. I mean, all these cultures are kind of nested inside of each other. So I don't, you know, I hear what you're saying about, so is it is it bleeding edge to be trans in, in many um, cultures in this country? Absolutely, for sure. Risky, dangerous, particularly in, in religious uh, uh, subgroups, for sure. But amongst your peer group, not at all. Seth, no, no, not at who, all. Who are no the the who who rule the world right now? Right? I mean, <laughs> I like don't know about I, that, I mean, the people I working the, the the people the people at the New York Times and working at CNN and in all of the other sort of media outlets and all of the people that are now working in government under the Biden administration. These people rule this corner of the globe, and so rule? To, to the that trans is a the, the, the word. The trans struggle amongst that group of people is not the the same as the trans struggle of people in Poland or of people or in more tradition. It's just not the same. So in that way, I would it it my sniff test starts to come up. Like it's not bleeding edge for your friends, my friends, to be trans. But but that's so. I think that taking 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 that perspective is. 
leaning towards something that I'm not sure is fully there. And what I mean by that is that I think the exceptions can't obviously be the rule. And that's not what you're saying. But my energy around it is, sure, some people are living better lives than others. It doesn't mean that the bulk of the people don't experience all kinds of legislation against their bodies in different state-sponsored bills to limit their freedoms. It does affect people. And I think that they are quite cutting edge. I think that that they're hitting, trans life is hitting that for a lot of heterosexual folks. Who who are you really? Mm. Who are you really? And Mm. I think that that for my is why I think there's such Mm. backlash, violence. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the key things that keeps us twirling and talking about trans folks. Don't even go to Fox. You can simply go to even progressive places where I go, I just don't understand trans people. Motherfucker, you ain't got to. (laughs) Motherfucker, you can just be on the human project and go, he, she, they, however they identify, that particular person has just as much right as I do. Okay, right. So I think I would like to get into some specifics with that. Okay. So maybe one maybe thing we that, should that, that you just, go ahead. I'm sorry. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say one thing that you said that that gave me pause, which I think uh, it definitely curtails my point, which is that you're absolutely right. There are many state laws that uh, directly impact trans individuals and are quite harmful to them. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so I, I, I will definitely back off of what I said based on that because you're absolutely right. The, the reality for millions is that they are living under these laws that are oppressive to them. Okay, no problem. I, I, and economic so situations. I, I, and I, economics, yeah. yes. I just, I, I just, uh, I'm okay, just grateful so. that, you know, at, at no point during these conversations does Travis ever say, how dare you disagree with me? I'm white. Like, what, what, like, what are y'all doing? Like, do you not know how this works? Like, what? Do you know that I have the last word on everything? Right. I open the podcast, I close the podcast. Right. What's right. going on? Yeah. Y'all need to just, come I on now. I you in my house, and this is how you treat me? How dare oh, you? Where's the gratitude? How dare you? Where is the gratitude? I am a white <laughs> I'm being oppressed by this government. <laughs> no, so trust me. No, thank goodness, Travis, that you you are human. You leave human, and I'm white, and I appreciate Amen. that because I couldn't do the podcast with you unless I was just trying to like have fun or something. Because right. because we all right. have to leave with our human, and we all have That's to audition right. uncomfortable, um, talk, uh, uncomfortable ideas or or, or con- contrary ideas. So I appreciate right. that. I really do. It helps right. me refine my sensibility yeah, yeah. and some things I just haven't thought about. So I appreciate that opportunity as well. For sure. Yeah, same is true for me, obviously, of course. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, all right. So we jumped to like three different topics in the way. So next week we will we will either talk about trans uh, people or we will talk forgiveness. about forgiveness. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> one one or the yeah. other. Wow. So, okay. okay. Um, awesome. uh, and. Uh, so and and the white man will not decide. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're all really mixed so anyway. It, no, I'm go there. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbit holes. Take one. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you very much. So, cool, cool. We can. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks for the conversation, right. and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.